Today on Truths That Transform. The sanctity of life is not just some odd little view off on the side that we can ignore. It is the foundation of Western civilization. The pro-life cause is at an inflection point. Uh, we've been fighting for 50 years for a victory, but not the win of the battle, which is to truly protect unborn life through all nine months in all 50 states. Welcome to Truths to Transform, a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries. Make sure to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube by just searching there for D. James Kennedy Ministries. And also visit us on the web at djkm.org for a wealth of programs, interviews, features, and resources. There's a major national election coming up in just a few weeks. As we approach that date, we're focusing this month on several major issues of importance to every Bible-believing Christian. This past June, the United States Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade after almost 50 years. We thank God for this ruling, which undid a travesty in which a previous court falsely asserted that abortion on demand was somehow enshrined in the Constitution. But now that it's been overturned, the work is just beginning. Christians must now do the hard work of convincing our fellow voters of the need to protect the sanctity of human life in our own laws. Our own David Wright has more. We are closely approaching the 50-year anniversary of the Supreme Court handing down the infamous Roe v. Wade decision. Roe v. Wade, when it was first established, I think caught some people by surprise because many felt that it was wrongly decided and wasn't really a strong judicial um, philosophy that undergirded it. And so I think there are many people in the pro-life movement and even Americans that might consider themselves pro-choice have felt that this case has necessarily uh, needs to be overturned because it actually has been a bad precedent and is not rooted in strong uh, judicial philosophy. Roe versus Wade said, you may have a lot of differing opinions out there from state to state about what the abortion law should be, but we don't care. We're going we're gonna to big step over you and make sure that your voice does not make its way into the law in your state. And on something that is such a deeply held moral conviction, what an outrage that this has reigned supreme over this country since 1973, when it's about the death of little boys and girls every single day. We've seen the, uh, the left and the pro-abortion crowd argue that uh, abortion, uh, as we understand it for the last 30 years, is settled law. Uh, nothing can be done about it. Well, there is no such thing as settled law when a court is wrong, and the Supreme Court has been wrong. In a sweeping ruling in the summer of 2022, the Supreme Court ended the constitutional right for abortion sending it back to the states to decide. June 24th, 2022, that is a date 
that those of us who've been in the pro-life movement are going to remember for the rest of our lives. I remember exactly where I was when it was announced uh, that the Dobbs decision had come out. Uh, that was the case, obviously, that was dealing with uh, Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban. And in a 6-3 decision, uh, the Supreme Court said, in Justice Alito writing the majority opinion, that Roe v. Wade was erroneously decided, uh, grievously decided, uh, 49 years prior. So this is exciting. This is something we should celebrate. That's a very long time for a horror like abortion to be institutionalized nationwide in the United States simply by a, an out-of-control activist court. And, and one of the things we need to note is that the court will be doing the country no favors in this. It, it will be righting a wrong, but it was the court's wrong. Justice Alito stated, procuring an abortion is not a fundamental constitutional right because such a right has no basis in the Constitution's text or in our nation's history. What Dobbs did uh, was just at, send the question of pro-life policies uh, back to the 50 states. Um, and so now what was a, a battle that we were fighting in Washington, D.C., uh, this is something that every local community in every state uh, gets to decide for themselves. In some states, there'll be more abortion than there's ever been. Other states, there won't be any. Um, frankly, I'm thrilled to be in a state where there won't be any. If you look at the U.S. states, uh, we have 19 states that protect life at conception, and almost all those are in effect right now, but some have been held up in state-level litigation. But for the most part, uh, those are in effect. Four states protect life when a child's heartbeat can be detected. That can be detected as early as five weeks gestation or up to about seven weeks. And then there's seven states that have some gestational limit. Florida has a 15-week limit uh, all the way up to about 24 weeks, which is what Pennsylvania, my home state, has. And then you have the big bad 20 states that will continue. Roe v. Wade basically didn't impact those states in any way, shape, or form. They allowed elective abortion through all nine months up till Roe v. Wade fell and still continue to. So that's the landscape. There is also an effort in Congress to pass a federal abortion law, which would legalize abortion in all 50 states. So when Roe v. Wade was overturned, con Congress came back and the first thing they did was pass, vote on the most radical abortion bill that Congress has ever seen. It's called the Women's Health Protection Act, but it does nothing of the sort to protect women's health. So pro-abortion Democrats in both the Senate and House see that there is clearly a federal role on abortion, and that role is to dictate to the states that they must allow elective abortions for all nine months. That's what their bill would do. Um, it's couched as a codification of Roe v. Wade, but uh, that's really selling it short. It would essentially undermine any state law that protects life in any way, shape, or form, um, would maybe force doctors to perform abortions against their conscience. I believe there's actually a right to life in our founding documents. Uh, I think you can interpret that from the wording of our Constitution. And I think our Declaration of Independence, particularly the second paragraph, where it says that all men are created equal and endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, among these, the right to life. Uh, I've always thought that was a remarkable thing that our founders, even before there were sonograms, understood that without the right to life, the other rights are sort of beside the point. Following the reversal of Roe, many on the radical left have been peddling false claims about state abortion laws. For instance, saying that women won't receive treatment for ectopic pregnancies. Now, doctors among those concerned about the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and how it will affect the way they treat their patients. Dr. Nanda, you know a lot of passion on both sides of this, but I got to ask you, how will treatment for miscarriage be impacted by this? 
in practical terms, getting the right treatment on time without barriers or questioning might be very challenging. The left has come with just so many lies and so much misinformation that it's been overwhelming for us as pro-lifers, as Christians, as conservatives to, to try to counter it all. They've been framing it as really about these exceptions. What about those horrific cases where a, a young girl's raped or there's a case of incest or can women still get treatment for ectopic pregnancies and life-saving medical care? When the national media is now telling them you can't get ectopic pregnancy treatments if that's something happened to you when that's not the facts. So um, lie, misinformation, and really a radical position that they've been voting on uh, since Roe v. Wade was overturned. This idea that we're going to round up women and arrest them, we've got to push back and, and quit letting that be said without a fight. I think we're going to see hysteria from the radical pro-abortion fringe. Um, they Abortion has become a kind of religion to some in this country where it is sort of the, the, the mark of whether or not women are free and whether or not we can prosper, which is such a tragedy and injustice to see our empowerment and advancement through the lens of killing the necessary, you know, somehow we have to kill a child to succeed, to achieve our dreams. Um, no authentic advancement was ever won on the bodies of another, the body of another. By, by killing or harming another, especially a child, especially your child, your son or your daughter. A recent poll shows that 48% of Americans support restricting abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy. The American public on the whole is pro-life. Um, whether they support life at conception or not, that still is a minority position. People are um, horrified by late-term abortions. They do not want their taxpayers to fund abortions or abortion providers. So on the whole, America is much more pro-life than what Democrats think they are. I'm gonna work to make sure that all 50 states get rid of abortion. But it's okay if states are different. That's how things have always been in America, that we didn't have a national law that imposed a national position on everybody on every issue. Uh, nations fracture when you do that because people are different. I mean, it's a huge country. And the idea that you know, people living in the Mountain West are gonna be the same as people living in Rhode Island, well, it's just, you, you can't expect that. And our founders didn't expect that, even in a small, smaller territory. And, and so that, that's, that's an important part for people to understand. And the left doesn't, doesn't like that idea. They, they want people to conform to their ideology. They are not for freedom of religion. They are not for freedom of conscience. They are not for freedom of anything. What they are for is the freedom for them to impose on you what they think is best. That's their freedom. With the issue of life now in the hands of elected officials, voting in the upcoming election has never been more important for the pro-life cause. There will be future referendum, there will be future legislative debates, and the pro-life movement needs to be organized. We need to be in a position where we can advocate. We need to strengthen the politicians so that they are out there defending life and speaking favorably about the life issue and not being uh, afraid to, and running away from it. In, in Virginia last year, when, when they, they voted out these people that wanted to kill babies, it, right up to the moment of their birth, they wanted to be able to kill babies and maybe beyond that. People were getting fed up and it impacted in the way they voted. They voted for pro-life people. The pro-life cause is at an inflection point. Uh, we've been fighting for 50 years for a victory, but not the win of the battle, which is to truly protect unborn life through all nine months in all 50 states. So Roe v. Wade being overturned is a big change and it's a victory in, in the war. Uh, but right now the real work begins um, in the states and definitely in Congress. We need to remind people 
that this is really a decision between people who believe in every human life having intrinsic worth and value, believing that the child with Down syndrome is every bit as valuable as is the captain of the football team. That's where we stand versus those who believe that right up until the very moment of birth at nine months, that if a mother decides she just doesn't want that baby, that she can take its life. And, and that is, I, I just don't believe that thoughtful, rational, uh, civil Americans honestly think that abortion anytime, any moment for any reason is a reasonable view about abortion. The pro-life movement has made gains. <clears throat> There's going to take time to really bring back the ethic that truly existed in America up till 1973, which is to protect unborn life in the womb and mothers. That was not questioned really for much of U.S. history until 1973. But now we're on a different age where we have to bring back a pro-life ethic to our culture where you have forces, money, an industry, and media really pushing the envelope that abortion is not just necessary, it's needed, but it's actually good and should be celebrated. So there's a lot of work cut out, um, but through messaging, education, public policy, and definitely winning elections, I think the pro-life cause can prevail. When it comes time to vote, do you know how the party platforms compare to God's Word? Our free, downloadable comparison chart of the major party platforms and God's Word is available at djkm.org forward slash platforms compared. This chart topically shows where the Republican and Democrat parties fall on issues of Christian concern such as human life, marriage, religious liberty, border security, and much more. Download your comparison of the parties on key moral issues right away for free at djkm.org forward slash platforms compared. For the first time in nearly half a century, the issue of abortion is back in the hands of the people through their elected lawmakers. This is a good movement in the right direction, but it is now vitally important for those of us who have been given the word and the spirit of God to convince our fellow citizens of the need to pass pro-life laws. Our culture has lost the idea of the sanctity of human life and replaced it with the concept of the quality of life. The results have been disastrous. Here's Dr. D. James Kennedy to explain. There is a great clash, as you know, in our country today between the concept of sanctity of life and the concept of quality of life. Many people have heard and read many such discussions, and I'm afraid that for most they do not grasp the full implication of what that means. The concept of sanctity of life is a spiritual concept. It is a religious concept. Sanctity, which comes from the Latin word sanctitas, from sanctus, means holy or sacred unto God, inviolable. It means that it is that which God has declared is of great value. It is, of course, therefore, a spiritual concept. However, for a humanist or an atheist or an unbeliever of most any kind, there is no such thing as sanctity of life. Unless there is a God who has given us a spirit and who sanctifies us, there cannot be a sanctity of life ethic. 
If one has that kind of a totally non-spiritual view, you have in the quality of life simply a physical understanding of life. There is no one that can look at another and determine the quality of his soul. And if life is merely molecules in motion, then we can have a quality of life ethic. But if we are Christians and believe that there is an infinite, eternal, and unchangeable God who is a spirit, who has given to us everlasting spirits, and that we have an inalienable right of life, we cannot buy that kind of an ethic. The sanctity of life is not just some odd little view off on the side that we can ignore. It is the foundation of Western civilization. It was the foundation of this country and are endowed with certain inalienable rights and among these are, first of all, life. But he says that the traditional Western ethic has always placed great emphasis on the intrinsic worth and equal value of every human life regardless of its stage or condition. Now, however, that is being eroded away, he says. Since, however, the old ethic has not yet been fully displaced, it has been necessary to separate the idea of abortion from the idea of killing which continues to be socially abhorrent. The result has been a curious avoidance of the scientific fact, which everybody really knows, that human life begins at conception, whether intra or extra uterine until death, it is a human life, and very considerable Semantic gymnastics have been required to rationalize abortion as something other than taking of human life. This would have been ludicrous, he said, had it not been put forth under socially impeccable auspices. It is suggested that this schizophrenic sort of subterfuge is necessary because while a new ethic, the humanistic ethic, is being accepted, the old ethic, the Christian ethic, has not yet been completely rejected. To wit, what is needful? Deception, deceit, and lies. There are literally tens of millions of Americans who have been convinced by that lie that abortion is something other than killing a baby. Most people don't like it when that semantic tomfoolery is being aimed in their direction. And now it is being aimed at those who cannot speak for themselves. William Brennan, not the Supreme Court Justice William Brennan who voted for abortion, but another William Brennan, Dr. Brennan, who is a professor at a university in St. Louis said, the cultural environment for, human, for a human holocaust is present whenever any society can be misled into defining individuals as less than human and therefore devoid of value and respect. 
And that is exactly what we have been doing. But ah, my friends, the consequences of deciding against God's word and God's law are absolutely enormous. It's time that America repented of its sin and acknowledged the heinousness of what has done. We need to repent. We need to ask God forgiveness for this nation if we have never had anything to do with this, to plead as intercessors for God for America. You will only know that life is holy when you come to know the Holy One who died for you. There is forgiveness. There is mercy. Have you received that? I urge you to come to the cross and to invite him to come into your life that you might know the infinite value of your soul. The infinite and eternal God Almighty died for our souls that we might have life. And they that seek him find life. And they that hate him love death. That's what Christ, incarnate wisdom, says. Hello, I'm Jennifer Kennedy Cassidy. I want to thank you for the impact you make as a friend of this ministry. Thank you for standing with D. James Kennedy Ministries and for shining the light of God's love into the darkness of this world. What an incredible difference you are making. And as you just heard from my father, the sanctity of human life was the bulwark of Western civilization and the foundation of this country. It's been deeply eroded because lies have replaced the truth. The true biblical story of who we are and why we're here has been replaced by the false story of Darwin that tells us we're cosmic accidents with no more value than a housefly. It leaves us with a world without hope and without a foundation. That's why now, more than ever, Christians must engage our unbelieving world with the truth. Pastor Rob Pacienza has written a brand new book, The Hope of the World, Christian Cultural Engagement in a Secular Age. And we want to send it to you as our thanks for your generous donation as you stand with us to proclaim the truth and spread the gospel. Did you know that only 21% of people who attend a Bible-believing church think that God's Word is relevant to every area of life? If that's what Christians think, no wonder America is in the shape it's in. But as Rob shows in this book, that's not the way it's supposed to be. We have the only true hope to offer a hopeless world, and this book will help you to bring that desperately needed hope and truth to others. Dr. Al Mohler says that this book offers a timely and truthful call to the church, a call that demands an answer. We'll send you the book, The Hope of the World, as thanks for your generous donation. And if you're able to give a gift of $50 or more, we'll send you the book plus the DVD set, Christian Citizenship for Today. This special DVD bundle features two messages from my father, Dr. D. James Kennedy, the founder of Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church. And it features two messages from Rob Pacienza, the current senior pastor of Coral Ridge. 
In these messages, Pastor Rob and my father help you to understand your calling in today's world and equip you to live out God's purpose for your life in a secular, unbelieving culture. We Christians need to be bringing salt and light to American culture today because without a word from God, the people perish. So please, contact us right away to partner with us in proclaiming the truth of God's word and to bring the transforming message of the gospel to a dying world. We'll send you Rob Pacienza's new book, The Hope of the World, Christian Cultural Engagement in a Secular Age, as our thanks for your donation. And we'll send you the book plus the DVD set, Christian Citizenship for Today, featuring two messages from Rob and two messages from my father as thanks for your generous gift of $50 or more. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11154, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 877-962-7677, or go online to djkm.org. The recent Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe v. Wade has worked the left into a lather since they've relied upon the judicial system for decades to implement their policy preferences, such as abortion on demand. In his concurrence on that case, Justice Clarence Thomas suggested that the Supreme Court should consider revisiting all of its previous rulings that were built upon a shaky and illegitimate foundation like Roe was. Since the 2015 ruling imposing same-sex marriage on the entire nation is one of those shaky decisions, the left is scrambling to get a law through Congress guaranteeing the right to this redefined form of marriage. But what you may be surprised to learn is that this legislation has bipartisan support. It passed the House of Representatives in July with 47 votes from Republicans, and in the Senate, it currently has a number of Republican supporters, including Rob Portman of Ohio, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, and Susan Collins of Maine. In other words, many Republican lawmakers are acting out of accord with what their voters believe. The bill is now being held until after the November elections in hopes that it will be easier to get Republicans to vote for it then. Let this be a reminder to Christians that we cannot count on someone to have right or biblical views simply because of their party affiliations. When you go to the polls in a few weeks, you need to make it a priority to vote for candidates who have not bowed to the spirit of this age, but instead courageously stood for and acted upon moral truth. It was absurd to believe that the Constitution guaranteed abortion. And it is absurd to believe that the Constitution guarantees a redefinition of marriage that is not marriage at all. Many supposedly conservative politicians have shown that their pro-life, pro-family rhetoric was an empty display that they never had to back up with action as long as the Supreme Court prevented them from actually doing anything about it. Now that we have a high court that is turning these issues back to the people, it's time to make our candidates declare what they will actually do about issues like this and base our votes accordingly. Let them hear from you and do not let them take you for granted. I'm Pastor Rob Pacienza, and I invite you to join us in person at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale or anytime by live stream at crpc.tv. 
There you can also find past live streams as well as a wealth of biblical teaching. Thank you for being with us. And here's a look at the next Truths That Transform. Religious freedom is at risk in America. Um, it's under assault by political correctness and um, uh, by the secular fascists of our time um, who want to try to impose their own code of conduct on everyone. That's next week. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.